Hello and welcome back to Building Wealth on the Go, a podcast by KLT Wealth Management. Today is May 6th, 2021, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 14 of our podcast. I'm your host, Brad Wilson, and today I'm joined by my colleagues, Courtney Beach and Joe Filiomeni. Today's episode, we are going to be diving into the world of insurance. Uh, it might be a, a topic that scares many away right off the bat, but uh, we're here to dive into it more and explain the, the ins and outs of various different life insurance policies and, uh, and different products and uh, why they're beneficial at all stages of life and, and which specific products are beneficial at each stage of, of, of your life. Uh, before we dive into that today, though, if you haven't already checked out our previous podcast, we discussed in depth what market indexes are. Uh, and ran through some of the top ones being the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, and Dow Jones. So make sure to check out that podcast uh, and then come back and listen to this one. So let's dive in. First off, I say, Joe, what are the types of insurance out there? What, what can we get our hands on here when we talk about insurance? First thing I got to say is, ugh, insurance. <laughs> Who really likes insurance, right? Like it just... It never fails to surprise me when when you're talking to a client and the, as soon as you call it insurance, then they they completely get turned off and 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 I've heard clients say to me, "Well, we don't believe in insurance." Well, nobody believes in insurance. What do you mean you don't believe in insurance? What what's there to believe in? Like I don't get that. Yeah. Like I, I really. You know, so I, I always pose that question to clients and stuff. And then and then you got to break it down. So we will refer to it as risk management. And I go. think that that is sort of a nicer term that at least allows you to continue to listen to this podcast and not just turn <laughs> it off and listen to some other podcasts. Yeah. So uh, risk management in terms and the forms of risk management that might be out there that you may want to consider is sort of the your traditional type of, of risk management. And, and there's two forms. There's a permanent type in permanent insurance and then term insurance, which is the cheaper of the two. And term insurance is for a specific term, so which makes a lot of sense. So you use these, you, you know, in different stages of your life and for different purposes, which we can kind of jump into a little bit later on as well. Uh, keep in mind, I think we'll probably focus on sort of the lifestyle risk management, but there is also critical illness, which is sort of, you know, uh, in, you know, coverage. So if you had a stroke or heart attack or cancer that you would get you know, some dollars in your pocket to help you recover. And I think that's very, very misunderstood sort of an area and people tend to avoid getting involved in critical insurance where I think it's, it's important to have and disability insurance too. There's probably a better chance that you'll get a critical illness and disabled than actually passing away at an early age and stuff. So I know statistically, I believe that that's true. So, so those are the types um, that we can kind of dive into for, uh, for our purposes today. Yeah, I think it's, it's important to let, like, as you said, Joe, we're going to focus a bit more on the traditional life aspect. And, and I think a lot of times you'll notice critical illness and disability, there are, they are important components. And uh, a lot of good, good news on that front is a lot of um, 
employment plans do offer forms of disability insurance, uh, health plans, and critical illness. So, so oftentimes, if if you uh, are employed with a health benefit plan, there's a good likelihood that you have some form of disability at least. That's usually the the base, and then sometimes on top of that, critical illness. But that's where it's it's important to get a, a full analysis to see what you're covered for. But I think let's dive a little bit more in detail on the comparison of of permanent versus term. So Courtney, do you want to kind of give a bit of an explanation into uh, the permanent versus term insurance? I'm sorry, they're like emptying the garbage right now outside oh. my window. <laughs> so it's very loud here. Okay. So term insurance is your cheapest form of insurance. You buy it for a specific term or amount of years. Usually you get coverage for maybe 10 or 20 years. And it just covers you during that period of time if something should happen to you so that your family and loved ones will be taken care of. Um, it doesn't offer any extras. It's just that. It's just the life insurance coverage. Permanent insurance is something that covers you till the end. It's going to pay out no matter what. But because it's permanent insurance and the insurance company is going to have to pay out, it costs you more. Yeah. And there are various forms of permanent insurance participatory, non-participatory, universal life, which are basically um, more features that you can add on to the permanent insurance. And the more features and the more attractive the, the features, the more expensive it gets. Absolutely. And, and some of those features are, are pretty cool in that you can actually use this life insurance, this permanent life insurance while you're alive. Mm -hmm. So for example, a permanent life insurance, consider it almost uh, a large TFSA, a savings account that, at, you know, at the end, or if you passed away at any point, it's going to pay out a certain dollar amount to you. But between now and that point, as you're putting the premiums in there, the premiums get invested and they get invested and they grow. So there is a savings component of cash value it's considered within that permanent policy that you can access. So you can access a number of different ways. You can access it by, well, obviously you can cancel your policy and get the cash. Uh, the cash is taxable to you. So that's something to consider. Or what often we'll do is you borrow against the insurance policy. Uh, the cash value that's in the insurance policy. So you're actually being able to utilize something that is meant for a state or upon passing, you can use it when you're alive. And I think that's the key component with, with the, these permanent insurance. Now, cost is a big factor. Cash flow is a big factor that you should always sort of consider. But the nice thing with the term, if I can go back to term a little bit, the term price is set for that particular term, 10 years, 20 years. I think there's even some 30-year terms mm -hmm. out there. Never go up. It's the cheapest that you can get. You can convert that term into permanent insurance at a later date without mm -hmm. any further insurability issues. So that's an important feature that you want to look at. I think that that ties in perfectly, Joe, to kind of why is insurance needed and some of the some of the real benefits of actually securing insurance, and especially at all ages, right? We talk about, you know, some people might not think about uh, life insurance in their 20s, um, or even in their 30s, right? And uh, there are some real benefits. And I think it starts mm -hmm. with what you just mentioned being the uh, insurability. 
Yeah. When you're younger, you're more insurable because you're less likely to have health problems. So it's cheaper. You know, it's kind of like missing out on that opportunity. Um, and you got to consider that your best earning years are later in life. Um, so you're going to have more cash flow later, but you, you're going to have more expense with the term insurance too later as well. So you kind of have to, I think some people hold off on buying the term insurance, like when they're in their twenties, because they think oh, I don't have a whole amount of cash flow to be able to afford this. But when you get older, it's going to be more expensive for you too. So it kind of offsets the whole idea of putting it off till you can earn more money. And you almost need to anticipate the future uh, mm -hmm. when you're buying life insurance, whether it's permanent or term, because as of today, maybe I'm young, I don't have a mortgage, I don't have obligations, I don't have children. But later on, you're going to have it and you're going to need that or want that risk mm -hmm. management in your life. And I think that's a, an important sort of factor is kind of looking at that. We've got sort of a really easy way of, of determining like what your needs would be mm -hmm. for insurance. And, and there's part of it is anticipating, you know, mm -hmm. those, uh, those future needs. The other thing you got to consider is your family history when it comes to health. Like if you have a family that's very healthy, live long lives, then that's great. But if you have a family where ha they have a lot of health problems, then, you know, it might be a good thing to look at insurance earlier when you don't have those health problems yourself. Yeah, that's a really good, important thing because family history plays a big part in all this. And, uh, you know, uh, we can get into some numbers at some point as well. But uh, let's, let me run through an example of how we would do a calculation of the actual amount of insurance that you would be looking for. Um, very, very simple calculation. We take a look at sort of a, you know, uh, death costs, you know, so bur burial and, and whatnot, you know, maybe 20 grand, you know, to get, mm -hmm. to, you know, buried, depending That's upon. That's a cheap funeral, I think there, Joe. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't want any too frill, too much frills at mine. So I've already told my <laughs> wife and stuff. So make it as simple as possible. Uh, no big parties on me, I guess. So, but, uh, <laughs> So to that, you want to order sort of, you want to add debts. So your mortgages, any other debts that you might have. So, so essentially what I would say is, you know, upon passing, these are the bills that I want paid off for me, for my family members, for my state, whoever, I want those things paid off. Then the other factor is, and this is, you know, gets more into when you have a family and have dependents is income replacement. So if I pass away, how much of my income does my spouse or my family continue, need to continue to have for a period of time? For example, if we have young children, you know, I might want to say, I want that level of income, let's say 60% of my current income, I would want my family to continue to get for 20 years, which would allow my kids, you know, get to get them into to college and university and graduate and find their own careers. So you want to kind of do that calculation in terms of the dollar amount and then have a factor over, you know, a 20 year period. And then that would give you a total amount of insurance that you should have. Now, from that point, I always subtract various assets that you might have to say, okay, upon my death, I already have these other policies or a, as Brad says, a group 
insurance policy that, you know, so I don't need to double up on my insurance. Cause Lord knows you can, you can buy as much as you need to here. And, and, and most insurance advisors will sell you everything. Right. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that there's a good match. So you want to subtract sort of assets there that you feel that, you know, would cover off some of that risk. And then that would come into uh, your final need. Uh, dollar figure in terms of insurance. And then again, anticipate the future when you're looking at that number. Absolutely. And then I think uh, to your point, Joe, like every situation is different. Um, so that analyzing that figure, finding out what the dollar amount is, and then it's aligning that with a product, right? And we've touched on whether it's permanent or term or a combination of both. And depending at what uh, stage you are in life, you might have different needs. And, and Joe, you talked about kind of in your example, if you're younger, you're looking into the future. Uh, if you are in your 20s and you know you don't have kids, maybe you're just married and you're looking uh, 20, 30 years ahead, well, you can secure a cheap term policy for 20, 30 years, which will ensure you for the period of time that could be you know, the most important years of your life when you're raising a family. So that's the, those are the things to think about. And that's where term insurance is very valuable to somebody who's in their late 20s, for example, right? And, and we can talk about a, a bit about how much savings you get. I think we, we ran some just general numbers. So as a disclaimer, these you know, aren't necessarily what you would get if you applied for insurance. But if you are looking for um, any insurance analysis or quotes, feel free to reach out to us. We would be happy to uh, help you through that process and get you some, some answers. But uh, generally, a 30-year-old male would be able to qualify on a 20-year policy for $31.50 a month for half a million dollars, for $500,000. So at 30 years, it's just over 30 bucks a month and you're covered for $500,000. Whereas you look at that for a 40-year-old, if you put it off for 10 years, you're paying $48.15 a month for the exact same uh, coverage for 20 years. So it's almost $20 more per month uh, that, that you just by putting it off for 10 years. And with each year that you get older, that premium slowly creeps up and it kind of ex exponentially ramps up as you get closer into your late forties and fifties, as if you're a 50 year old man, uh, it would be, uh, $129 and 60 cents per month. Uh, on a 20 year policy. So that just kind of shows you the escalation of premiums and, and the benefits of really securing it at a young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then like uh, I like to always look at sort of on the female side of uh, of the calculation because it's quite interesting in in the difference in the premiums now. So premiums typically for life insurance are cheaper for females. Yeah, you know, one uh, of the they, only things out there, lady, that's cheaper for us is right. life insurance. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they tend to live longer, I think, and and I think that's probably the the biggest part uh if we look back at critical illness actually critical illness costs more for for females compared to males mm -hmm. uh, but just in looking at the numbers that uh, that male that 30 year old male for 20 20 year term policy on 500,000 was 3150 as brad said the comparable for a female for a 20 year policy is 2250 so, you know, significant savings there. But if you look at that as a couple, it's, you know, it's 51, 53 bucks a month, which is yeah. not a lot of money if you think about it. Uh, and you're in your 30s, you're starting to, you, you know, make some money. Uh, you got your career sort of on a path. Uh, you probably have debts. You probably may be starting with dependents as well. 
for 50 bucks a month, you've got some peace of mind knowing that, uh, that, you know, something happens to either one of you that uh, the survivors will be in a better shape. So I think something to certainly consider. And you look, and you look at it, uh, you pay probably three times that for your car insurance each, and you're paying double that, if not more for your home insurance. So really in the grand scheme of things, that $50 a month is a couple Netflix subscriptions and uh, yeah. there you go. Exactly. Right? But you know, it's funny, you know, like insurance, car insurance is a nest and, and house insurance is a necessary evil. Otherwise we wouldn't want to pay it either. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if we can drive around without car insurance, <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm sure there's people out there that do drive around without car insurance, but you know, uh, it, it certainly is those necessary evil, which yeah. we think we think risk management and in, in life insurance is should be a necessary evil should yeah. be seriously considered. But you know, if you don't have it, there's nothing sadder than seeing some tragedy in the news. And then they're running a GoFundMe because there's kids yeah. that need to go to school or they need to keep up their mortgage payments. And you know, wouldn't you just rather have that peace of mind that they're going to be cared for instead of depending on strangers to possibly help them? That I don't know, to me, it's worth the expense to have that peace of mind. And sometimes something is better than nothing when it comes to insurance as well. Like you could plan out and, and want your, your surviving spouse and your kids to have a hundred thousand dollars a year for 20 years, but maybe that's not feasible when it comes to the premiums, but mm -hmm. at least offsetting some costs or something, whether it's a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars especially when you're younger you can get those policies for you know 10 15 20 dollars extremely cheap right and as you said as a as a 30 year old woman you can secure for 20 years um insurance for um for, for uh, $500,000 for $22 and and the thing is too is maybe you want to start with a 10 year policy 10 year policies are much cheaper than 20 year policies and eventually when you're in your 30s you say you know what okay i've had the a little bit of coverage for 10 years at the beginning now i want to lock in 20 years and a 10 year coverage for for a, a female who's 30 years old uh, is only $16.20 for 500,000 so again it's even cheaper and you lock in and you guarantee that insurability. And if something happens, you can eventually convert it, as Joe said earlier, into a policy if you run into any health conditions. It really just protects you up front. I think that insurability thing we kind of glossed over, Joe, but I think it is a real important thing to mention that if you do get sick, it's almost impossible for you to get life insurance. And just by having even some form of it, you're guaranteed to, to be able to at least keep that and convert it later on. And I think we should talk about permanent insurance at this at this age bracket as well. Like, albeit it's going to be more dollars than the term, but if you can if you can swing the cash flow and do a permanent insurance or a bit of permanent insurance, you'd be further ahead. When you're younger, uh, the permanent insurance. Um, a lot of the features with the permanent insurance is that you can have it fully paid up within a period of time. There's, there's policies out there that are eight year, 10 year, 20 year. <clears throat> and you just make the premium payments for that period of time, for example, just 10 years. And then it's fully paid up, contractually paid up. You don't have to add any more money into it. So lots of interesting features. Again, at a younger age, it is still going to be cheaper than at an older age. And that insurability is then covered. And then keep in mind with the permanent insurance that there is the ability to access the cash value if you did need it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, we kind of touched a little bit on those important features. And again, you know, we quoted some term insurance policies, but if you compare uh, at a younger age, permanent insurance policy uh, rates versus uh, when you're older, it is significantly cheaper. But, uh, you know, thinking about estate planning when you're in your 20s and 30s and planning for, because, you know, buying permanent insurance, it's pretty much only going to pay out when you pass away, right? So it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that at a younger age. But the cost savings and you look at the access to cash, there's a lot of great benefits that does make it attractive when you're when you're younger. But alternatively, Joe, even if the premiums are higher, as an estate planning tool, how can this be really beneficial when you're in your 40s, 50s and 60s? Yeah, and it's usually at that point in time when sort of retirement is there or you're in retirement and you're starting to think, you know, okay, estate and the estate, what am I going to leave here? That is the time when many of the clients are are looking for life insurance. And and the unfortunate thing is if they if they haven't had any policies previous and and if they've had some health issues, insurance may not be an option for them at all, or it may be an option, but just at a significantly higher cost. But the way we sort of structure insurance on a, for estate planning is that we, number one, we want to take, take a look and see your cash flow and look at the assets that you build up and determine first and foremost, you've got enough money to retire. That's the main thing. And so we don't want to take away from that cash flow. But often what we'll find is, you know, if you've done well in your planning and you've got good investments, um, there's going to be a section of your investments that you will not touch. You won't spend like it's highly unlikely, you know, that you're going to spend those extra dollars. And so then the question is, how do I get those dollars to that? next generation or even a subsequent generation, maybe not kids, maybe grandkids in a very, very tax efficient manner. And life insurance is the key. Uh, Life insurance proceeds when when it pays out are non-taxable to the beneficiaries. In addition, that they avoid probate charges because they uh, go directly to the beneficiary and they don't go through the will. So some key, key components that not everybody thinks about when they're looking at their estate plan. And uh, again, I think it's probably more of a consideration later on in life. But, you know, if you can have that in, you know, that start by starting early and getting that insurability, you're going to have a lot more options later on in life as well. Yeah, it's more of an investment when you're looking at it for estate purposes. Yeah, that transition of that that transfer of wealth is 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 a really big topic, right? And it's and it's important and it, and it's difficult and and when you actually do the analysis and look at how much money uh, you know, downtown Ottawa is going to take from you when you pass away, sometimes it can be a lot of money, right? And so finding alternative strategies that can help you transfer wealth to your loved ones um, is is a phenomenal, it, you know, it's phenomenal. If you can do it with tax efficiency uh, and get it to them quick, right? Like uh, it doesn't have to go through the whole legal process with a lot of, um, uh, you know, estates. So it's just excellent if you, can, if you can do that. And that's why even starting early, you secure that for down the road. I think just to kind of summarize too, I think we should, you know, send out some caution out there to our listeners in terms of 
making sure that you have the right policy, the, the, that the con this is a contract that you're entering in with the insurance company, whether it's permanent, whether it's uh, term insurance, making sure that it's, it's a right fit, I think is very, very important. Um, making sure that you understand the mechanism behind the insurance, I think is very important. Uh, because you may only have one chance at this, right? Depending upon your health situation, you may only have one chance. And I know when we kind of talk to clients about insurance and, and place some policies, like we're checking and double checking to make sure that this, this really makes a lot of sense because it's, it's not like an investment that I made a, an investment in uh, this mutual fund and it didn't do well and I got you out of it. Uh, once I get you into the insurance, it's hard to get you out of it. And, and because I may not be able to find an alternative for you based on your health situation or your age. So uh, something to consider, but consider very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great place to, to kind of wrap up. Um, you know, we touched on a lot in this, in this podcast. So if you do have any questions at all, or you're looking for just an analysis of, of your situation to see what insurance you might need uh, and see maybe some quotes, uh, feel free to reach out to us via our website, um, via social media, and we'd be happy to help you through sort of a needs analysis for yourself. In the meantime, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the podcast. And uh, until then, enjoy some of the warm weather out there. Thank you for listening. Please note that the opinions and ideas shared are from the viewpoint of KLT Wealth Management. They do not reflect the opinion or viewpoints of Investia Financial Services, Inc. or any other partners. The commentary provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. You should not act upon the content or information discussed here without first seeking the appropriate personalized advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We try to provide content that is true and accurate as of the date of recording. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information consumed through this podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Mutual funds and or approved exempt market products are offered through Investia Financial Services, Inc. Insurance products are provided through multiple insurance carriers and or approved exempt market products are offered through Investia Financial Services, Inc.